0: County of San Francisco to border. Would you please stand and join me in the Pledge of Allegiance to I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America America and to the republic
1: Republic, for which it stands, stands, one nation, nation, under under God, indivisible, with with liberty and and
0: justice for all. Thank you. We'll now have the roll call.
2: Thank you, President Scott. Roll call starting with President Scott. Present. Vice President Howe. Present. Commissioner Breslin. Present. Present. Commissioner Canning. Present. Commissioner Fallensby. Present. And Commissioner Zvansky.
1: Present. With that, we have quorum.
0: We now have a quorum, and I would like to uh, claim the privilege of the chair to make some adjustments in today's agenda. Uh, We're going to have, it's a rather lengthy agenda. We have two closed sessions attached to it, and there will be uh, multiple presentations. So I'm going to ask that everyone cooperate uh, as much as possible in terms of observing the time uh, that we have allotted for this meeting. In that, another commission comes in here at about 4.30 to 5 o'clock, and we need to clear the room. And we don't want to co-join commissions in, the, in San Francisco ever. So we have to keep our business separate and allow them to uh, come into this room. So with that, uh, the following uh, modifications to the agenda will be made. Uh, item 9, the ge- uh, 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 demographic report will be incorporated into the director's report. And then for the closed session, uh, we have one closed session we will be considering the evaluation of the executive director and one for a member appeal. And those items are item 19 and the related items of 20, 21 and 22, they will be considered after, I repeat, after item 23, which is the member appeal and its related items. So we're switching those around. The member will be present, I understand. I want to be sure that we're not, if we do run out of time, we might have to defer the closed session on the executive director's evaluation and we don't want to have the member come back again to hear the appeal. So with those changes, I'm now ready to uh, entertain or open Move the meeting to item three.
2: Thank you, President Scott. Agenda item number three resolution allowing teleconference meetings under California Government Code Section 54953E. This is an action item and will be presented by President Scott.
1: Move acceptance.
0: It's been properly moved. Is there a second to this item? I'll second. It's been properly moved and seconded. And I would vote for the record, it was moved by. Commissioner Zavansky, and seconded by Commissioner Channing, and as I understand it, this will be the last of these resolutions that we'll be doing coming out of the pandemic Uh, with the effective date of the uh, changes for public meetings. I know there's still some more discussion that's being held, but uh, at this point, uh, I'll consider this to be possibly the last time that we'll be doing this kind of as a global or blanket change to board operations. Are there questions uh, or comments by the board members or anyone? Okay, we'll now have public comment on this item.
2: Thank you, President Scott. In-person public comment will be first, then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, I'll welcome you on the call, and you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when there's 30 seconds remaining, and when we have three minutes left has ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator on mute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001, again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2489-038-0169, again, 2489-038-0169, then press pound. You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, which is 1145, again webinar password, 1145, then press pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. (laughs) We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium, so we'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue.
3: Board Secretary, we have zero callers on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time.
2: Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed.
0: All right, public comment is now closed. We're now ready to vote. We'll now have a roll call.
2: Roll call vote starting with President Scott. Aye. Vice President Howe. Aye. Commissioner Breslin. Aye. Commissioner Canning? Aye. Commissioner Fallensby? Aye. And Commissioner Zvansky? Aye.
0: All right. It passes unanimously. We're now ready to move to item number four.
2: Uh, Agenda item number four is general public comment, an opportunity for members of the public to comment on any matter within the board's jurisdiction that is not on the agenda, including requesting that a board member place a matter on a future agenda. I'll read our instructions aloud. In-person public comment will be first, and then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when the three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on TV and online using Webex. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2489-038-0169. Again, 2489-038-0169, then press pound. You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, which is 1145. Again, webinar password, 1145, then press pound again. You'll enter the meetings and attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium. We'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue.
3: Board Secretary, we have one caller on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time, a reminder to all callers on the line, you must now start three. Now, if you want to join public comment for the specific agenda item, we'll wait five more minutes, five more seconds, and then close public comment for this. Address. Board secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time.
2: Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. Thank you. We'll now
0: move to item five.
2: Agenda item number five, approval with possible modifications of the minutes of the meeting set forth below, which is January 12th, 2023, Health Service Board regular meeting. This will be presented by President Scott.
0: I'm now ready to entertain a motion on the minutes.
2: I
4: move that we approve the minutes um, of the... Sorry, of the January January 12th, sorry, 2023 Health Service Board
1: meeting. Second. Second.
0: All right, it's been properly moved and seconded that we approve the minutes that are attached to the materials for the meeting for the January 12th, 2023 uh, Board meeting. Are there any comments, edits, modifications, or suggestions from the Board members?
1: I
2: did receive um, edits um, from Commissioner Breslin and have noted them.
0: All right. Those have been incorporated, as far as I know. Are there anything, anything else from the board? If not, we'll have public comment on this item.
2: Thank you, President <coughs> In person public comment be first and then virtual public comment for anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining. When your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dialing number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2489 Again, 2489 38 then press pound. You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, which is 1145. <coughs> again, webinar password 1145, then press pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star 3 to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in person public comment. And no one has approached the podium so we'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment
3: queue. Board secretary, we have one caller on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line. You must style star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time.
2: Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed.
0: Uh, thank you. And at this point, we'll now take a roll call vote.
2: Roll call vote, starting with President Scott. Aye. Vice President Howe. Aye. Commissioner Breslin. Aye. Commissioner Canning. Aye. Commissioner Follinsby. Aye. And Commissioner Zavansky. Aye.
0: Thank you. It passed. The minutes are approved as distributed. Uh, we'll now have the president's report. Item six,
2: agenda item number six is the president's report. This is a discussion item, and will be presented by President Scott.
0: I just have one uh, comment. I believe all the commissioners received an ethics committee uh, email this week requesting that we complete our form 700 by April the third, and I'm sure that we're all going to comply with that uh, request so that is my president's report for today public comment
2: thank you president scott in-person public comment will be first then virtual public comment for anyone waiting in person you're welcome to approach the podium now each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting all public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented a caller may ask questions of the policy body but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller for those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining. When your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute and the moderator on mute, the next caller. Remote viewing is available on TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dialing number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2489-038-0169. Again, 2489-038-0169, then press pound. You'll You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, which is 1145. Again, webinar password 1145, then press pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment and no one has approached the podium we'll begin our virtual public comment our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time
3: board secretary we have one caller on the phone line zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time a reminder to all callers on the line you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item we'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time. Thank
2: you, moderator, hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed.
0: Uh, thank you, we're now ready to move to item eight, the director's report.
2: Thank you, President Scott. Uh, I believe it's agenda item number seven, director's report, which is a discussion item and will be presented by
5: Executive Direc- SFHSS executive director, Abby Yant. Good afternoon, <coughs> commissioners, Abby Yant, executive director, San Francisco Health Service System, we can uh, thank you for bringing to the attention that fact that we will be resuming in-person meetings uh, next month Um, uh, our office is very excited about that Um, I hope that you all are the COVID-19 is um, we're beginning to I think to look a little bit in the rearview mirror on the um, pandemic as we know the uh, there's been declarations of the ending of the pandemic status at a federal and state level, and those are forthcoming um, In the meantime, uh, it does look like we should all get used to the notion of giving getting an annual COVID vaccine uh, That's what the FDA is working towards at this time I do want to remind the board of your um, obligation to the blackout notice since we are in a um, blackout period both for our rates and benefits of our uh, all of our health plans uh, and as well as um the actuarial services, and uh, that we continue to work closely with the Unified School District uh, on their um, issues regarding their payroll system and the interface files that um, transmit information to us um, uh, regarding their employees. They have not been able to uh, automate that process uh, yet at this time, so things are pretty clunky, um, but we're continuing to work through the changes that are necessary. And Executive
2: Director, I know we want to be able to pull up that um, slide on the screen for all of you. I believe it's the top document, and IFTACAR is going to be able to help us with that. Thank you.
5: For the outline of the director's report? For the outline of the director. Yeah. Thank you. Um, We are uh, continuing to work towards the implementation of the strategic plan, and we'll keep you updated. You will hear a report on today's meeting on the Mental Health Forum, which was named in the strategic plan as one of the key initiatives that we... um, Wish to accomplish, and we've done so. So you'll hear more about that. I do want to acknowledge that it's Black History Month. Uh, lots of activities going on uh, to uh, celebrate the uh, history of African Americans in our communities. Um, and I, I'm I continue to be really impressed with what the library is able to do in community events. Um, I, it's just. Um, it's, it's a very different library than what I grew up with, so I think that's really great. Um, we continue to work very closely with the Department of Human Resources to uh, fill the vacancies that we have in our department. Um, And we are making inchworm progress not nearly as uh, Significant as we need to make but we are uh, continuing to improve. I did want to acknowledge that uh, our communications director uh, Jessica Shin has been appointed to a a permanent position um, In the department as the director And we're really glad to keep her around because she's terrific Um, And then there is a list of the recruitments that are underway operationally uh we are strained in the member services department uh as you know because of the um uh, staff shortages and again i just want to publicly acknowledge the hard work that they're doing and how frustrating it can be uh to you know we, we have a staff who really likes to do a good job and it's really hard on them when they can't meet their own personal standards on uh, the those of the department so we do appreciate them hanging in there and working with small little tweaks and changes here and there that do make a difference, and so I think the uh, n- idea that we can Im- improve even with the limitations we have is embraced by the team and much appreciated. Um, and uh, our contracts team continues to work uh, through. We had a quite a hiccup this month. We were notified by um, MHN, Mental Health Network, uh, who had, we had contracted with to help us with the employee assistance programs with the public safety departments of Sheriff, Police, and Fire, uh, that they were getting, MHN is uh, no longer in the business of employee assistance programs. And so Michael Visconti with our wizard uh, a contractor uh, helped us um, find a very um, viable option that we can put in place very quickly and that's with a company called ComPsych, who we stood up at the beginning of the pandemic to provide 24 seven employee assistance services uh, for um, all of the city. And so we're encouraging, there's a set of specialty providers that have been vetted by police, fire and sheriffs that had been under contract with MHN. We're encouraging them to jump on board with ComPsych Psych uh, so that we can have a pretty seamless uh, transition and we're really smack in the early days of of trying to make that happen and we will keep you informed but we're fully committed to making it work it was just it it was a it, there's a very complicated reason for why this occurred but it's a it's a uh because of the size of the organization which MHN belongs to and I can explain it in more detail but it's basically they were um they also own Magellan, Centene owns Magellan and M- MHN, and the Department of Managed Healthcare told them they couldn't have two companies that each did EAP services. So. That's the legal reason why it happened. And um, we were alarmed and um, very surprised by the whole thing. I personally called uh, the department, the chiefs of fire and police and the sheriff to tell them that this had happened and that we're working closely with their teams to make it happen. But I want to acknowledge Carrie Bashirs and uh, Michael Visconti have worked together. Uh, a lot t- to try to figure out how to manage this. Um, and um, so it's one of these things that the work, that, that work and all the relationships that we have are gonna pay off royally. I think that at the end of the day, the um, individual uh, public safety um, personnel won't see the difference. That's, that's what we're aiming for, that it won't affect them on an individual basis. So that was our uh, challenge of the um, month. And then uh, I did wanna also, um, Uh, Acknowledge uh, President Scott noted that we would move the demographics report into the director's report And I want to thank Ren Coltridge and her team that puts this together every year This is the dog-eared document on my desk every year. I do reference it very often in old-time paper format um, uh, Because it's interesting. There's just really good information in here that really helps us understand the population that we serve and so we did just put together a couple of highlights. Uh, there's a ton of information in here that we're available to uh, talk through should we need to. But, you know, we did see a total membership reduction. That's not a surprise. We have 4,600 vacancies in San Francisco. We are seeing that in our numbers. Um, so we're adjusting accordingly. Um, we did see some changes related to the split family um, a resolution which i appreciate the board helping us with that it really went pretty darn smoothly um and so that uh there were some changes there with that population um we are gaining momentum on getting race and ethnicity data which is really good because that will really help inform any of our strategies and understanding of the uh, variations amongst populations um and uh we continue to see the kaiser um, continuing to increase their membership as a percentage of our population. And um, most of us uh, still live in, uh, or 40% of the employees live in San Francisco, but the majority of the Retirees, 91% continue to reside in California. So I know we look at the geography, it's the point there, uh, uh, on an annual basis to be sure that we are adequately serving populations that are outside the city and county of San Francisco. So those are the highlights, um, and um, we can entertain any questions that you might have on my report or on the demographic report.
0: Are there any questions from the board members regarding the demographic report?
6: I just uh, have one comment. I noticed that the membership has been reduced for the third year in a row, so I wonder where all those members go. Is that is that aging out, or would that be...
5: Different? It's uh, You know, it's a, it coincides with the pandemic, um, telecommuting, uh, great resignation, all kinds of things, and this is not unique uh, to San Francisco. This right. is... All, and certainly uh, across many industries, there's been um, significant employment shifts, so yeah and now unemployment's at record lows so it it's i think we're all going to be competing for resources uh, as we try to hire uh wherever we work
7: thank you
0: well i too would like to add my comments to uh, director Yant's observations about the report and ren thank you and your team for diligently tracking all of this stuff it's amazing to me year after year the quality of the report has improved. The, the graphics are great, and it does tell a story. And I really appreciate the work that you've you've put into this. So thank you.
7: Uh, this commissioner
8: follows me. Can I yes, make a couple please. comments? Um one, I want to congratulate you, Abby and um Michael and Terry for working on the mental health uh, contracting uh, for um several of our members. I think that's always a challenge and and it sounds for your report that the priorities are right on to try to make this as seamless as possible. I also want to thank you again for the update on staffing. Uh, I think we're all concerned about the mental health of our staff uh, under the circumstances of being down so many um, HSS employees. Um, And so I want to congratulate you on on continuing to keep us abreast of the situation within the department. Uh, Last, I just want to comment that um, vis-a-vis the COVID um, pandemic, yes, both the local, state, and federal government has declared this over. Um, But I want to remind everyone that between 500 and yesterday 1000 people died of COVID in this country. So um, people are still dying. Um, And so we need to continue to urge um, not only vaccination, but um, appropriate measures to prevent people from acquiring, particularly those people who are more vulnerable Um, and yes, the FDA. CDC and the FDA are putting out revised guidelines. My understanding is that people who are at higher risk, um, those people with immunosuppressed conditions, people older, 65 and older, will actually be recommended to be uh, revaccinated every six months. Um, and for the routine population who are not at high risk uh, every year. Um, And so um, I think we need to make sure our membership is aware of these sort of um, pending recommendations and urge our health plan partners uh, to comply uh, with making available uh, uh, boosting um, for um, vulnerable members at every six month intervals if that does indeed turn out to be the official recommendation, which I think it will be. So with that, I wanna thank you.
0: Thank you, Commissioner Follinsby. As always, uh, great insights on the medical side of things. It's really great. Thank you. Are there any other comments from the board regarding the director's report? Uh, Again, on behalf of the board, uh, Commissioner Follinsby has made the comment, but I do want to say to the staff that on behalf of the membership, we appreciate your diligence and hard work day in and day out uh, to continue to Perform the mission and we know that it is stressful and uh, the director and the executive leadership are trying to do everything they can to uh, promote and uh, relieve the the, uh, process but we know that we are a bit uh, hamstrung by the procedures of hiring and sourcing candidates for these vacancies and as this report shows we've got nearly 50% of the Uh, positions that are vacant in the department and it's a great strain on everyone and we really appreciate the diligence of your work and the consistency of it. So with that, if there are no other questions, we'll uh, open it up for public comment.
2: Thank you, President Scott. In-person public comment will be first, then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems doomed public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining. When your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dialing number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2489-038-0169. Again, 2489-038-0169, then press pound. You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, which is 1145. Again, webinar password 1145, then press pound. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment and the first uh, comment is ready to go.
9: Hello my name is uh, Fred Sanchez. I'm president of protect our benefits and it's nice to get an opportunity to come and start monitoring you guys again. Uh, It's uh, great. I'm tremendously encouraged by how seriously you've taken the mental health issue. I mean this police and firefighters. I have a lot of family involved in that and the staffing issue is directly related to the stress because they're working fires, you know, like three, four shifts. I mean, it's just not healthy because their families at home, they're away from their family. It's a lot of strain on the spouses and their partners. I mean, police officers see some pretty egregious things and to not be able to go home and kind of, just relax for a while where they're working so much overtime. They're having hard times hiring. And uh, I guess I need to attend more Board of Supervisors meetings there and try to address how related the hiring issue, the length of time. There was a lengthy article in the Chronicle about it takes like 280 days to try to hire one person. This is all about the mental health issues. It's so related, I'm getting a lot of Frustration from members calling me saying that unfortunately they call member services to try to get through with you guys and you have the same Issue it's not your fault But and I know you're all trying to address it. So I thank you for that. That's all I have to say
0: Thank you you for your comment I don't see any other in-room comments So board secretary, please
2: Yes, we can move to our virtual public comments, and our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue.
3: Board Secretary, we have one caller on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers in the line you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time.
2: Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed.
0: Thank you. And since this was a discussion item, we'll move on to item number nine. So I'm sorry, eight.
2: Agenda item number eight is SFHSS financial report as of December 31st, 2022. This is a discussion item and will be presented by Edgar Hussein, SFHSS chief financial officer.
10: Good afternoon. Um, um, I'll, uh, you have the uh, material in the package. I'll just uh, make a few uh, brief highlights. Um, and um, starting with the, the trust fund balance. So we are projecting the trust fund balance uh, to decrease by about 15 million through the end of the year. Uh, that does take the trust fund balance down to the pre pandemic levels. Uh, we had seen a surplus which made the fund Uh, grew over the last couple of years, but now it's uh, back as we've reduced rates um, uh, through stabilization. Uh, We are seeing this year that the uh, claims experience um, is um, uh, high. Uh, particularly in the Access Plus product, the Blue Shield product, where we're seeing very high claims related to um, a high volume of acute cases. And we are working with uh, Blue Shield to kind of dig deeper to understand those trends, um, to see if they're temporary or ongoing. uh, And that has a bearing on our race heading process for next year, for 2024. Um, The pharmacy rebates actually are coming in uh, quite well, so 14.7 million this year. um, And uh, interest, we're projecting 800,000 for the year, which is consistent with prior year uh, the Health Sustainability Fund, we're projecting an year-end balance, which is fairly healthy, of 2.7 million. And the general fund, we are expecting to have a surplus this year because of the vacancies we've talked about um, um, in our operations. So happy to answer any questions on the financials.
0: Are there questions regarding the finance report, board members? Hearing none. I have a question. Oh, you do, I'm sorry. Commissioner Zabansky?
1: Um Thank you very much. Um, my question has to do with, um, you talked about the pharmacy rebates, and the the big news in the last couple of months had to do with the reduction in the cost of insulin um, from significantly high costs to a lot of individuals. I'm not sure how that impacted our system, but um, will that have any impact on pharmacy rebates that you can tell or you know about?
10: Yeah, so the, the, uh, the insulin caps had to do with um, 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 protecting how, patients, how much patients have to pay. Right. And our plans actually are pretty, um, our plan design is actually uh, quite
1: good. It was with
10: the patient responsibility uh, is quite low. So we were not really impacted.
1: Okay. Good to know. Thank you very much.
0: All right. Are there other questions from the board? If not, we'll take public comment on this item.
2: Thank you, President Scott. In-person public comment will be first, then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments should be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller masks questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will want to mute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2489 again, 2489 38 then press pound. You'll enter the meeting and be prompted to use the webinar password, which is 1145, again, webinar password, 1145, then press pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium, so we'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time.
3: Board Secretary, we have one caller on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line, you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time. Thank
2: you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed.
0: Thank you, and since this was a discussion item, we'll move on to item 10.
2: Thank you, President Scott. Agenda item number 10, Board Education, Healthcare Cost Influencers. This is a discussion item and will be presented by Iftikhar Hussain, SFHS Chief Financial Officer, and Mike Clark with Aon.
11: Good afternoon, Commissioners. Uh, Mike Clark with Aon, along with Chief Financial Officer Hussain, will be uh, presenting a board education topic, we know this is certainly timely, uh, given we're about to enter rates and benefit season for the health plans, and so we wanted to take a few minutes today, uh, CFO Hussein and I, just to talk about healthcare trend uh, influencers, what we're seeing in the marketplace. Um, so the on the agenda here, uh, CFO Hussein will start with a historical view, comparing S of HSS and key comparators. I'll talk some about uh, drivers of near-term cost trend expectations and some of the broad forces out in the marketplace that are influencing present uh, medical cost trends, as well as mitigation strategies. Uh, We'll both talk about the importance of well-being, primary prevention, early intervention, and advanced primary care initiatives. And CFO Hussein will close to talk through trend mitigation potential strategies for SFHSS.
10: So I'll show some um, trend data here. And the three lines you see on this slide, uh, the purple line is actually uh, San Francisco Bay Area CPI. Uh, So that's all goods and services, not just medical services. And uh, you can see that purple line dropping, uh, but uh, in 2020 with the pandemic, uh, more so than the uh, medical trends. Uh, but generally you see um, um, uh, an upward trend, as we've seen in in general inflation, where in in 2022, um, uh, there is a general increase in costs across the board for all services, including medical services. Um, Go ahead, next slide. So the the, um, blue line that we've added uh, in this slide shows the SFHSS trend and you can see pretty consistent with uh, the other benchmarks through 2021, and then beginning in 22 and uh, 23 rates that we've already negotiated, uh, we are seeing um, quite, you know, performance, our, our numbers are quite a bit below benchmarks. Um, go ahead. And then this last uh, line here, the dotted line, is a trend uh, mainly driven by the 22 and 23 performance, the downward trend um, in our rate, ne- rate negotiations.
0: Just so that I'm clear on this, uh, uh, just for a moment, if you want. We're, we have been tracking national trends kind of consistently for the past few years, and now it looks like we're going to accelerate just like the rest of the... Uh, national trends in inflation is that cor- is that what I'm to draw from these lines? Stuff telling me.
10: Yes. So the yeah. So you could see that in 2022, all those trends uh, uh, are actually moving in a higher direction as inflation is increasing, and at the same time, I think it's a compounding problem. And at the same time, we've had really low increases, uh, at as stuff says for the last couple of years. Um, so we. Um, We have to be uh, creative and do the RFP process and the mitigation strategies we're talking about. Otherwise, we're going to see this rebound.
0: All right. Well, it's just uh, I'm just putting a peg on that because it's going to translate into the rate-setting process. And uh, so this is an early warning that there will be some movement beyond what we've seen historically here. All right. Thank
5: you. If I may, uh, President Scott, that's precisely why we're here today on this topic. I'm sorry. That's precisely why we're here today on this topic, is to set the stage, uh, both with this board and uh, the mayor's office. Thank you.
11: Yeah, and President Scott, great comment. And it leads nicely into slide six, a few of the national uh, viewpoints that I'll share here. You know, certainly we are expecting an uptick in healthcare trend. And as you see from the data that we're tracking, uh, within Aon from 2022 to 2023 expectations. Vast majority is driven by price. You know, price, utilization, um, continued advancement of medical technology all contribute to trend. Uh, but price has been, and we expect to be, to continue to be the dominant uh, force behind medical trend going forward. Uh, there continues to be market consolidation. I know that we've talked uh, to this board about the impact of health system uh, acquisitive activity over the last couple of years. There's also the need to look for alternative revenue sources now that some of the um, pandemic era funding uh, has run out for health systems. And so, you know, we continue to see price as a primary concern. Uh, these bars are relative differences or relative expectations in trend. We do expect the percentage increases in costs to be higher in pharmacy. Uh, Before rebate improvements, although rebates continue to escalate uh, to help offset some of this trend. You could see on the lower left key trends in pharmacy, certainly rising costs, Uh, a lot of concern about expensive gene and cell therapies that are coming into the marketplace. You know, phenomenal treatments for individuals who require uh, these medications, but certainly they come at a high cost, Um, you know, for these patients on high cost therapies. And then the integration of specialty pharmacies into healthcare organizations, and you can see some of the influencers in pharmacy on the right uh, that we continue to track. And then on the next slide, just um, you know presenting some information uh, from survey data uh, that we've collected. You know what are some of those key influencers? I mean, we group them into three broad categories. Rising general inflation, uh, the workforce obviously continues to age, and the worsening health of the workforce. Um, from you know, recent survey we conducted, 63% of survey respondents, um, organizations across the country say well-being has become more important since 2020 at the outset of the pandemic. So there is a lot of focus on employers uh, working with their plan participants to try to address the underlying risk factors uh, that make employees ill. Um, you know, those are certainly a a big contributor behind uh, higher medical premiums and and trend year over year. So we do feel improved member well-being and integrated primary care, you know, have significant potential uh, to mitigate some of this risk. Keep in mind too, you know, when we think about the aging workforce, we tend to focus on the baby boomer population working their way through and you know, now Gen Xers, I mean, I'm an early Gen Xer and, you know, starting to age through, um, you know, into their uh, mid to upper 50s. We're not just seeing chronic risk in these generations, we're also now seeing chronic risk emerge in millennial generations. Um, you know, one of the major health plans just reported half of millennials either have a chronic condition or are on pace to develop a chronic risk condition. So we're continuing to see, you know, expansion unfortunately of chronic risk uh, in the population. It's not just a baby boomer, you know, phenomenon like we've kind of focused on uh, over the last many years. So on page eight, when we look at the components, you know, we talked about price as the dominant uh, component of trend along with service mix, utilization and plan design influences you know, lifestyle risk, uh, what's happening in the economy and how health systems respond to that, you know, and pricing of services. Um, Certainly, you know, over the course of my career, there've been waves of regulation uh, impacting trend, but, um, you know, with ACA being a major component of that, but a lot of regulation right now, um, just as Commissioner Zavansky uh, noted on the, um, you know, the uh, insulin medications is a great example. Um, there's a lot of regulatory focus, legislative focus on trying to make health uh, you know, more affordable, price transparency, et cetera, um, and just some of the other things that are driving cost, uh, system consolidation, impacting labor shortages, and then the unknown of COVID. There is an appendix slide I won't cover, but just some interesting commentary on how we feel post-pandemic, um, you know, what COVID might influence trend going forward. There's a lot of great mitigation uh, activities out there, starting with advanced primary care initiatives, um, member well-being focus, like I mentioned earlier, uh, trying to improve uh, the health risk of the population, navigation, a lot more information than ever to help uh, members, you know navigate their care uh, with their physicians and uh, choice of providers. And then with the pandemic, seeing the uptick in virtual care. Uh, delivery as well and hoping to see that continue, um, you know, going forward. And some data points, again, from a global survey uh, of our clients, you know, where your strategic focus is, you can see percentage of organizations who stated this was a top focus, you know, across detection, advanced assessment programs, education, coaching programs, and wellness interventions, you know, you can see the elements of those uh, just to get a sense of, you know, what those uh, broad categories are about, but certainly these are much higher percentages than we would have seen, say, in a 2019 survey. So intuitively, um,
10: you know, the, the, the prevention and, uh, and primary care being closely related, you would think that would lower the total cost of care if, those, um, um, uh, um, care, if that care is effective. And this is actually a scientific study, the study that was done uh, by CH, um, uh, CHCF in 2021 that shows that when you increase the primary care spend, um, and when you go to that last highlighted column, uh, when you go to the top quartile, which is about 12.5% of, um, of triple, total health care, of um, uh, premiums, the total cost of care actually goes down. So you could see, and the reason it goes down is because the ER visits are reduced and the hospital usage is reduced. Um, and then on the next page, you can see, so you know we looked at trends earlier, this shows um, 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 healthcare expenditures going back um, 15, 20 years. And you could see that uh, we're in this, uh, the currently we you know, we had the big drop in the most on the right hand side from the pandemic and we're now, uh, pretty close to the pre-pandemic state in terms of healthcare expenditures. And then the prior uh, increase in healthcare, uh, you could see 2010 through 2014 had to do with ACA, where coverage was expanded um, and, um, and uh, lifetime costs were eliminated. Um, but you, you, so it's, there is a very, very sharp increase you see here, but it is um, going back to the pre-pandemic levels. Okay. So the um, uh, healthcare is mostly labor, and so whenever you have high uh, wage inflation and low unemployment rates, uh, the one thing that happened in healthcare more so than other industries is that great resignation. Uh, really, uh, a lot of the experienced folks uh, working in healthcare exited the market, so um, creating a labor shortage. And you've seen um, uh, um, we're seeing the impact of labor in provider. Um, uh, financials, but it's taken a hit on their financials, and um, uh, their margins have declined. So we expect some of that uh, to affect future rates uh, that we pay. Um, we also um, um, also remind you that you know healthcare inflation typically tend, t- tends to be higher than the general inflation, um, and with um, and the general inflation being high, um, the uptick we, see, we saw earlier. So what can we do about it? Um, so this, you know, the, the, the most um, effective lever we have is to work with our health plans and our partners um, to, um, um, to implement innovative care, care models. Um, so we, we have, um, you can see in the table, uh, 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 the majority of the plans that we have are HMO plans where care is managed with a high uh, use of uh, emphasis on primary care um and we do we go through an RFP process every 3 years and um um the next one would be in after uh, after 2024 the um um the demographics um our wellness programs and the the health mitigation score basically is is, is goes back to the uh, to the wellness programs timely care uh, the alternative care settings is making sure that uh, things that people, the, uh, the right setting is used, the pandemic can reduce virtual care, um, which is a very good way to provide uh, very quick access to physicians and uh, it's declined somewhat, but it, it does um, prevent people from going to the ER and getting actually better care from their primary care doctors. Um, the advanced primary care initiative that we are working with our plans um, um, uh, also promotes wellness and reduces hospital visits, reduces ER visits um, when it's effective. And then lastly, the plan design, uh, how deductibles are set, copays are set, um, the RX formularies um, uh, have a bearing on the cost. Okay. Thank you.
0: I want to uh, go back to uh, page 12, if we can, for a moment, just to uh, focus on a couple of things here. Price increases will exhibit some delay in appearing in medical claims because provider contracts are renegotiated every two years. So I would take that to mean that we're on the front end of continuing increases as in the future years of twenty. 20- four and five, we're, starting going, uh, we're going to start in 24 and it's going to go higher in 25. Is that kind of where, what you're saying here?
11: Yeah, I would say uh, we started to see, so it's interesting data, not necessarily here in San Francisco, but some national data I see across my clients an uptick in kind of threatened terminations between carriers and health systems. I would say even starting in late 2020, early 2021. So from a um, contracting standpoint, I would say this cycle has already started. Okay. Um, so, you know, we're starting to see, like for instance, we and I know we'll talk about this when we have our Blue Shield uh, HMO experience presentation next month, but we saw a higher level of large claims in especially the Access Plus plan than frankly we've ever seen. I mean, the amount of claims that are being reimbursed to S of HSS through the large claim pooling mechanism, the $1 million um, mechanism in place with the Blue Shield HMOs is higher than it's ever been um, since I've been tracking it uh, for S of HSS. And some of that could be driven by price inflation on certain services in certain facilities Uh, We will be, you know, continuing to dialogue with Blue Shield and the other plans about what's happening in their contracting environments. So in my view, this has started to fold in. By the time we get to now, it maybe, you know, wasn't folded in, let's say, in late 2020, early 2021. All right.
0: Okay. So we're in, in the price increase
11: incline at this point. Correct. And we should expect more of it as we go forward. Correct, but certainly, you know, in our collaboration with us of HSS, I mean, we are constantly working with the health plans to understand, you know, all the forces that are driving trend, utilization as well, right? Not just price, even though price, you know, we feel is the dominant uh, trend driver, but across all aspects of trend, and talking through some of those mitigation strategies, you know, with the plans collaboratively that also benefit members uh, that can help to reduce, you know, the impact that you see at renewal time.
0: All right. Are there other questions from board members? Uh, Commissioner Savansky?
1: Thank you, President Scott. Um, I go back to uh, page number six. When you talk about market consolidation, um, and what struck me was that there are laws with regard to corporations, um, and there's a point at which they sort of hit some federal laws with regard to consolidations and and can't, I forget what the name of the law is, way back when. But is anybody monitoring what's going on in the healthcare industry with regard to these consolidations of major health plans? And are they uh, subject to those federal regulations that say, oops, you can't consolidate into one big whatever or two big corporations that you have to maintain? Um, certain levels of that. So I'm concerned about the consolidation issues because obviously that has to do with rate setting and other market trends that would impact the cost overall um, if they were allowed to have like just one big organization. So can you speak to that a little bit?
11: Yeah, I mean, certainly for profit systems that are uh, publicly traded entities. Have to go through the same Department of Justice review and everything else at the federal level um, that any other, you know, publicly traded organization has to go through. You know what we've been witnessing over the years here in healthcare. Some of it has been large system consolidation, but it's also been, uh, you know, numerous instances of just small provider practices being um, purchased into uh, larger, larger practices, and you know that's happened over the course of time. Um, I don't know, CFO. You saying, I don't know if you have a view on on this from kind of your former, you know, health system environment. Just kind of looking at, you know, what could be the impacts of of consolidation. I think it's been ongoing long enough that I don't expect there to be, you know, some surge in big price inflation because of ongoing uh, consolidation. But um, but at least you know, at least for major system consolidations especially publicly traded organizations, you know, they do have to go through the same DOJ review. So I don't know if you've got anything done.
10: Yeah, so the, I think the, it is true that Northern California, the healthcare prices are much higher than Southern California. So that speaks to the, the higher um, um, consolidation in, in the uh, Northern California market. Uh, I, having said that though, I think I don't, on the provider side, I don't really see that as a problem going forward. Um, uh, because the mergers in healthcare systems are, are, are really scrutinized. Uh, the bigger danger, I think, really, is the pharmacy, um, the patents, um, where there's a lot of debate now on public policy, and we need to, um, you know, the, the, as a policy matter, we need to make sure that the patent laws are not being used to um, to kind of, in, in a, in a, as a sword, <laughs> um, to increase prices. Yeah.
5: Uh, yeah, Commissioner, uh, Commissioner, Director, God, yeah, I I would like to right. suggest that we consider having uh, um uh someone Dr. Shortell from UC Berkeley or someone who's an a, a expert in merger and acquisition and the market consolidation because it, it it does continue to concern us and you know I don't know what HSS can do about it but I think it's a um it's worth you know sort of paying attention to these trends um and so that I would recommend we consider trying to put together. Absolutely, uh, I, I a panel would think that that would be a around.
0: useful uh, future uh, yeah. discussion. In addition to the consolidation with these consolidations, I notice, at least as I hear the news reports, uh, various uh, retail uh, pharmacies are taking on other kinds of businesses because they're providing different services in pharmacies and we at one level are saying that that's convenient for the public but at another level it may have an impact in terms of pricing and delivery and staffing and all of the other factors that we're talking about today so it would be a a useful uh, discussion, I think, Abby.
5: Yeah. Cause I think one, uh, the, one of the pieces that we're keeping an eye on is this, uh, uh, venture capital, uh, funding of, uh, primary care. I mean, we know primary care is a, a big solution to a lot of our concerns in, in the health system and having, uh, that provided by a venture capital company just makes me really nervous. Um, so I think that there's a lot to be, um, to, to be paying attention to as we go forward to understand what's driving the cost of healthcare today.
0: Okay. Other questions? Uh, Commissioner Are, Howe.
4: Oh, C- Commissioner Fallensby, did you want to say something?
0: Commissioner Fallensby? No. Out of oh, sight, can, no, out of mind, I'm, I'm sorry. Howe, no,
8: right. Commissioner Howe, if you want to speak first. No, Commissioner Howe, if you want to speak first and if I can just be next in line.
0: All right, oh, thank you.
4: Certainly. Um, so I have a question about the plan design feature changes. I think the last time we attempted that, um, I believe it was in 2020, that wasn't I think in particular to the Kaiser plan, it was not um, warmly greeted. And so do you have any recommendations on how we approach that, if that is a strategy that we pursue?
10: Yeah, so we don't really have any recommendations at this point, um, but I, yeah. But in I, general, I, 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 yeah. Yeah, I did go back and look at the, uh, the 2021 Kaiser. And,
5: um, I think in general it would be arm-in-arm arm with our colleagues at the Department of Human Resources who negotiate these um, types of benefits with the... Um, Employees uh, says, "Us trying to do it on our own, it's not going to go very far, very fast." Um, so I think that you know there, that that would be one one strategy is to consider how 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 those things can be negotiated. But when you think about the way that San Francisco attracts employees uh, to come fill one of our four thousand six hundred vacancies, uh, it's the uh, total total compensation package is both salary and benefits and so i think that that has to be the context that these are looked at um that it's that it's a total package so i i you know others in the um you, you know as the city faces its current budget deficit and projected um those questions are going to come up absolutely thank you
7: all
0: right other comments from the board Commissioner policy please Yes.
8: Yeah. Yes, I'd like to, you know, I think this is a really broad and comprehensive attempt to simplify, you know, all the issues um, and other issues were raised in the course of this discussion. I just want to go back to the fact the power of our demographics report and how the improvement we're seeing in terms of capturing demographics, we can now begin to possibly um, tie those to some of our wellness programs, how our health plans doing. And targeting certain populations, whether it's by age, um, racial background, um, body mass index, whatever, to certain types, which we know, you know, can can have some other effects in terms of of health outcomes. Um, even uh, even um, the issue around uh, virtual care, you know, who who's using it, what. Which population characteristics or demographic characteristics are not, and how can we be maybe more inclusive um, in, in, uh, in these op- offerings to make sure that our members are all equal, have equal access to some of the programs that we tout uh, in the area of wellness, which should help diminish some of our, our medical costs and pharmacy costs down the line?
0: All right, thank you for that comment. Are there other board comments? If not, uh, thank you for the presentations, and we'll now take public comment on this item.
2: Thank you, President Scott. In person public comment will be first, then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller <coughs> may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give an audible warning when there's 30 seconds remaining. When your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGovTV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial in number is 415 655 0001. Again, 415 655 0001. When prompted, use access code 2489 038 0169. Again, 2489 038 0169. Then press pound. You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, which is 1145. Again, webinar password, 1145, then press pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says you've been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with our in-person public comment and start with our first person who's approached the podium.
9: Yes Fred Sanchez again with protect our benefits just want to share a thought. I mean we all know inflation has taken place and when you're doing long term negotiations on rates and they're talking about inflation so we need to increase those rates. Can you also at the same time place triggers in place. So as deflation takes place that automatic triggers will cause those uh, rates to lower. I mean, you'd have to actually put some hard things in there that would triggers that would force them to say, okay, we understand the inflation and we understand why you're wanting increases. But at the same time, we never seen costs, when things go down, they don't come down. And the only way that you can actually have that take place is you place those triggers in there that will automatically uh, lower those rates. Just a thought, thank you.
0: Thank you for your comment. All right, I see no other Persons in the queue in the room will now go to our virtual.
2: Yes, we'll move to our virtual public comment, and our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue.
3: Board secretary, we have two callers on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line: you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We will wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time.
2: Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed.
0: Thank you. I'm going to take the privilege of the chair and say that we're going to go into recess at this time uh, for 10 minutes. So at 2.19, we'd ask that everyone be back in their places. Thank you.
6: San Francisco Government Television
0: reconvening after our recess and I'd like to have the board secretary call the roll.
2: Thank You President Scott. Roll call starting with President Scott. Present. Vice President Howe. Present. Commissioner Breslin. Present. Commissioner Canning. Present. Commissioner Fallensby. Present. And Commissioner Zavansky.
1: Present.
0: Thank you. We have a quorum and we're now ready to proceed to item number uh, 11.
2: Agenda item number 11 is mental health forum update. This is a discussion item and will be presented, or introduced by Executive Director Abby Yant and presented by Alicia Englin and with AM.
5: Good afternoon, Commissioners. Abby Yant, Executive Director, San Francisco Health Service System. As I mentioned during my director's report, um, we do have an initiative identified within our strategic plan to address the mental health concerns, uh, mental health and well, emotional well being concerns of our population. Um, And to kick off that initiative, um, we had HELS hosted on uh, December 6th, a mental health forum. The guests included our vendors, um, along with their clinical subject matter experts, um, department representatives uh, with sheriffs, police, fire, and Department of Human Resources, um, HSS staff. Our purpose was really to align uh, and to understand the, how what the opportunities were for <coughs> alignment to help us and help our members navigate the many services, supports, and resources that exist to uh, help us with our emotional well-being and our our mental health concerns. The forum was um, supported by Aon's team, led by Alicia Engelin, who you will meet here shortly. Um, she is the vice president of um, health transformation at Aon and um, a licensed marriage family therapist herself, so she is a professional in the field. Um, and uh, our planning team also included Carrie Bashir, Lisa Harris, Holly Lopez, and myself uh, from the um, health service system. We have already begun follow up sessions uh, with our um, stakeholders. Um, and initially with some of the city departments, with the Department of Human Resources, who um, is monitoring the meeting here today. We had a really great meeting with them. We're very aligned on understanding um, how we can more holistically support active employees um, and during their employment, and so we're already uh, developing uh, work plans that will help us uh, in that regard. And then we're uh, working with the plans and their subject matter experts in these areas, uh, again, mapping uh, the, uh, helping understand the navigation of, of the services and systems that are there. Um, it was a really uh, fun, intense day. There were, uh, the, we h- were held at the Lighthouse for the Blind, which is the building right next to us on Market Street, which is a delightful uh, building, and um, it, was, it was good to be there. Um, and the, the format of the meeting, um, and, and uh, Alicia will talk to this more specifically, but we did engage a graphic artist um, throughout the day who helped us um, map uh, the conversation uh, because it was really divided into three sections of, uh, and that I'll let Alicia tell you about a little bit. And so we have those maps. They're, they're uh, not quite ready for prime time because we want to make sure that they're, uh, they're Accurate because they were captured in the moment, and and things may have uh, been miswritten, so we're we're uh, tuning those up a little bit, and then we'll make them available to uh, the public and yourselves as well. Um, and it was it was very engaging. Uh, I've done workshops like this before, and it's a it's an added element to engage work, uh, <coughs> participants in the, in the work when they can see what they're saying is uh, on the wall, literally. Um, so it was a good day. Uh, the uh, results we'll touch on here today. Uh, we have a lot more work to do, obviously, um, but I wanted to just thank uh, Alicia and at all t- for um, this um, workshop. I told people, I tell people, I was actually very surprised at the outcome. Um, I thought we were going to spend the day uh, whining about how we didn't have enough clinicians. Um, <laughs> And uh, while, it, you know, it was readily acknowledged that we have cl- clinician shortage, there's so much more to emotional well-being and, uh, and caring for our mental health than, than engaging with a clinician. So that uh, was a big aha for myself, and I hope you'll see that in the presentation that Elisha will give now.
7: Well,
0: thank you and welcome.
12: Thank you. Good afternoon, commissioners. My name is Elisha England. Glad to be here today and so we have a slide deck that we're going to go through and um, you'll be able to get a copy of this afterwards as well so what we're going to first go over I'll just highlight it from an agenda perspective we'll talk about what we went through um, throughout our time together at the mental health forum and who was there we'll also talk about the analysis that we did and the recommendations and what was really key in this mental health forum is to really understand the lived experience of the active members So we could really understand what it's like to be in their shoes and look at how do we create clear pathways for mental health care. And so today, as Abby mentioned, we were able to um, take this one piece in this activity to be towards our strategic goal that you have for SFHSS and look for your feedback on these draft recommendations. I think it's pretty important to acknowledge that we need to lead with equity when it comes to mental health. the the great thing about San Francisco is you have a lot of diversity and need, and that's an ability and something that we took into consideration throughout the Mental Health Forum and take um, great pride in continue to do. This next slide looks at the timeline that went into getting to where we got at the Mental Health Forum. And you'll see the the list of events. I won't read them off to you, but I think what's important to see is the buildup and the intention and how we got here and really the importance of the partnerships throughout the, the course of the time getting to that point. So what's pretty cool is it's always, it can be hard to explain something but we do have a picture here that will take you back to what we were able to do at the, and revisit at the Mental Health Forum. And what was wonderful is we had 50 people there and it was across the spectrum of San Francisco uh, members city departments, thought leaders, health plan leaders and clinicians and vendor partners along with Aon and Abby and her wonderful team. And we came together and were able to look at the lived experience of the members. And um, as Abby mentioned, that Lighthouse of the Blind and Visual Impaired was a great place to have that, that day. So you get a sense of that one from the picture. And this next picture will start to give you a look at how we brought in that graphic artist. Okay, so what's really neat about that is were able to capture the collaboration, the partnership, and the discussion in real time. And so people could see that their voices were being heard, which I think is part of what's unique with these experiences, as we're looking at the, the active members and what they're, what they're um, experiencing. The other thing I do want to take a moment and acknowledge is that when we looked at this process, we were very intentional about bringing all of the the audience into play, as I mentioned. So we looked at a, we had a presentation from our health plans. They were able to come in and talk about current state and be part of our discussion. And then we also broke into interactive sessions where we were able to go through those lived experiences and talk from the perspective of the different audience members. So we are very intentional on in bringing those groups together. And then we had small group discussions, which you'll see some of the pictures here where we were using Post-its and um, having some fun. I never knew Office Depot was that shortage of Post-its and do you need to get certain colors? Um, and then we would have the large group discussion too where people are able to make comments on other people's presentations. So from an executive summary perspective, as highlighted by Abby, December 6th is when we gathered, and what we gathered to do is really understand and figure out how can we create clear pathways for mental health, and how can we do that in a way that's going to be equitable for the members. And so I'll talk a little bit about how we went and did that, and then all of the data that we were able to get received from the mental health form went into the analysis and into the recommendations. And as Abby mentioned, we started with this view of looking at what the members experiencing and where our providers intersect with them and how they help them. And you're going to see in this next slide going forward how we really expanded that holistic view and how there's an upstream approach. And from a clinician perspective, I think that's exciting that there's other avenues we can take. And um, we'll talk about that now. So you'll see on this slide, we looked at first the the current experience that the member has with our great partners, health plan partners, and how the health plans have really been challenged to evolve and recognizing that evolution and giving them an opportunity as well to talk about the roadmap of services. That's where we started that day. It was a great kickoff and energy to remember what we have in place. And then what we did is we went and looked at that current member experience. And through that member experience, that's when really things started to expand where we are able to look at and hear from our um, audience around how this is bigger than the clinical care. It's really about prevention and risk reduction and how in an organization that individual and what they bring is really impacted by team and leaders and the organization and what they bring forward. And then the last piece I'll highlight before we go to the next slide is when we started to look at all those opportunities and create a future state, psychological safety on day one was so key. So what we wanna look to create in part of our recommendations is that psychological safety from the beginning and then being able to really look at that whole member ecosystem. Everything you bring with you to work and everything the job brings and how those combined and how really looking at mental health is health. So go to this next slide. So, on the left hand, the top left hand part of this slide is you're gonna see where we initially took this forum and we looked at the member experience at the core. That member, right? We've talked today about the talent is so important and the people make things happen. And we also looked at that external layer at the end from the contractor perspective. <clears throat> Excuse me, my voice. Um, and we were able to validate through the mental health forum that these are still really critical. And then if you look at the right-hand side, we have this opportunity of that space in between to do some more things. So from a departmental standpoint, from a leader and team standpoint, and also from our vendor partners in San Francisco um, services as well. And so the right-hand side gives a depth and breadth of the things that you can do in terms of onboarding, field safety training, peer support groups, those things that people can get in between and in the workday that can help with the risk and the prevention. And then, as Abby mentioned earlier, we definitely can't lose sight of that clinical care. And that's listed on the left-hand side around evidence-based and measurement needed and some ideas there that we came up with as well. The next slide with the draft recommendations, there's five themes that came out of here. So like I mentioned, we had a lot of data that came out of the session. So these are the five themes. One is the equitable pathways. That's a big theme that we want to that we would recommend to bring forth. And through that theme, you're going to see on the side talks about onboarding. It talks about predictive, or I mean, assessments that can help people understand when they need care, and also ensuring that um, interconnection in the care that people get. The second theme that we found was the member-centric ecosystem, and how bringing in the standard onboarding, having people have a sense of purpose and belonging, having that workplace really support them and bring them up. The third is about member stakeholders. Think about your teams and your leaders and how can we equip them and educate them in what they can do to really bring the day-to-day experience. The fourth theme was in terms of enhancing our vendors, both subclinical and clinical, so that range of prevention through treatment, in addition to the enhancement of what San Francisco Health Service System is doing with their well being and their EAP. And some noted items there on how do we develop measurement goals and bring about our systems and having people be aware of what's offered. And then, last but very important, is effective measurement. So, how do we audit the measurement today? How do we do surveys and frequencies of those? And then to round this out before I welcome uh, feedback and comments, so lessons learned. At the end of the day, mental health is health. We know that these clinical and subclinical lens needs to be um, looked at, but also that holistic upstream approach that we have and that's, cap- that's in our um, ability to make an impact, being more proactive than reactive, and then also knowing we have that huge variance so one size isn't gonna fit all. <coughs> And our next steps as Abby be referenced earlier is continued partnership with the Department of Human Resources and our health plan partners who have been really great to work with and then future analysis to define how we can have influence. And then last um, for our next step is continued feedback and reporting to all of you.
0: Thank you Alicia for this work and your leadership and support of us in this effort very much. Uh, greatly appreciated. Are there comments uh, from board members regarding the report at this juncture,
13: or questions? If, if I may, uh, yes, President please. Scott, just uh, a brief uh, comment and uh, and a question. My compliments to uh, to you and the team as well. This is <coughs> critical, I think, in my professional experience. Uh, mental health is is very much tied to our ability to operationally uh, serve the needs of San Francisco and every city department. Um, and I feel that, uh, this is uh, my own personal experience, there's a, a cultural acceptance and a shift in, in desiring these types of services. And, and no doubt, I, I feel that there is um, uh, some appetite for this amongst department heads. And my question, um, moving forward, and I realize that this is a process, um, are, are you finding a creative, recommendations from others outside of San Francisco for ways they've been able to incorporate the uh, idea that mental health is health. And what I mean by that is we're frequently looking at a cost benefit analysis of you know our, 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 our widgets, our people, our resources, um, and I, I don't know if a mental health component is incorporated with, within that. Uh, personalizing, I think, the value of our resources, our staff. Um, are, are there things that uh, others outside of San Francisco have done or is this still very on the front end of our uh, journey towards incorporating mental health being the health of our of our of our people
12: okay well one thing I would say is working with clients recently, uh, Something that's been really positive that's been working is doing mental health first aid training or something comparable to help upskill leaders and even uh, members of the organization. In addition to that, I would say employee resource groups have been really popular. Um, Even I can say at Aon we have that and it's been a great outlet for folks to get together and to be educated on mental health and support one another. So when you think about the the opportunity within the systems that you have today. Those are two things that, that come to mind and I think that really ties into your first piece around reducing stigma and increasing that culture to wanna to be psychologically safe. Another idea I'll give too is um, we're seeing a trend, you know, if you think about safety historically or even like physical fitness, like we'll do physical fitness assessment as kids, right? How many push-ups can you do and sit-ups and all that stuff? We don't do mental health assessments. So that's that piece is looking at how do we help people take um, maybe a questionnaire to understand how they're dealing with stress. And then the other piece I will say to that too is I've also seen a trend in industries that when they're putting out questions or education around safety, you know, um, how do you lift things, how do you climb a ladder? We're also starting to see people talk about mental health and stress, and it's been really well-received as well. So expanding safety to be mental health too.
13: Thank you so much. I realize my question was very broad, so I want to <laughs> applaud you, the team, and Abby in particular, for making this a priority. Are there other board member questions
0: or comments? Well, we understand, uh, Director Yant, and our uh, colleagues at Aon and the health plan partners. You did say someone is here from human resources today.
5: We're going to try to monitor the meeting.
0: Oh, they're monitoring the meeting. Well, the department of human resources as well. This is the beginning of a process. We understand that, but the fact that we've taken a substantial first step is a critical starting point and, and point to be emphasized. Uh, And it's very consistent with what we've identified as part of our strategic plan. So I'm very pleased to uh, get this report today and look forward to the next steps in the process. Thank you again. You're welcome. Uh, And with that, we'll take uh, public comment.
2: Thank you, President Scott. Uh, I did need to uh, make an announcement that I was receiving... Um, notifications that public comment wasn't available and it is incorrect on the agenda. So I've been working with SFGovTV. TV. Um, it's publicly posted again on our website um, but there is someone that is trying to reach out for general public comment and I'm wondering if Jennifer Donnell we could um, understand if if we how we can go back and make sure that general public comment can be put on the agenda so that people can I, comment. If that
0: person is in the queue, if we can complete this item mm-hmm. of public comment, mm-hmm. then we will allow that person to get into the queue right okay. after this item. All okay. Right. Is, is that?
3: Okay. That's fine. So the whole time the public comment hasn't worked, so that's why back then, early on, we did for the general public, they weren't actually able to speak. So we will give them.
0: Yes. Okay. So let's complete this item. And then we'll have that person or persons, if there are more than one, uh, come in for the general public comment item, which is item four on the agenda, I believe. Okay.
2: Thank you. All right. We will call public comment for this agenda item. I'll read those instructions aloud with the updated information. So, in-person public comment will be first, then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length, unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining. And when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code, which has been updated, to 2504-751-1459. Again, 2504-751-1459. Then press pound. You'll be entered into the... um, meeting and be prompted to access the webinar password, which is 1145. Again, webinar password 1145, then press pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee in the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says you've been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment, and no one has approached the podium, so we'll move to our virtual public comment and our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time.
3: Secretary we have three callers on the phone line one caller has specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line you must star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item I will indicate when there are no more callers in the queue and you will hear a brief moment of silence as we transition between callers.
2: Thank you, moderator, and just to make sure for anyone who is just joining, having gained access with our um, updated webinar access code, we, are, um, we will be having general public comment um, come back as another agenda item. I'll unmute the first caller with the raised hand. Welcome, caller. Just making sure that they can unmute. Welcome, caller, if you can hear us, you can begin. And, caller, you have full functionality to unmute.
14: Uh, Can you hear me now?
2: Yes, caller, welcome.
14: Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, good afternoon. Uh, to the board, uh, my public comment, general comment is um around the staffing issues at the Health Service Systems Department. It is uh, a disheartening and shocking. I'm just
2: gonna interrupt for yeah. just one second. I believe that you've been very patient waiting for general public comment. The comment that we're taking right now, which we'll finish up quickly, is for agenda item um, on mental health forum update. We'll finish that quickly and then move on to the general public comment. So thank you for being patient. Moderator, can you let us know if there's any other callers in the public comment queue for this agenda item?
3: Board Secretary, there are no other callers in the queue for the mental health agenda item.
2: Thank you very much, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed. All
0: right, uh, did we call for public comment in the room?
2: No, we didn't. No one has approached the podium, so we can all right. close public all right. comment.
0: So with this, this, this is the discussion item, and we appreciate, again, the work of all those concerned on it. Uh, we will now go to general public comment, which is item four, and our reason for going back just so that we're all clear is that we had a technical issue and we're not able to allow people to comment during that portion of the agenda so at this time we will have general public comment
2: thank you president scott agenda item number four will be called again and this is general public comment an opportunity for members of the public to comment on any matter within the board's jurisdiction that is not on the agenda including requesting that a board place a matter on a future agenda item i'll read those public Instructions allowed. So in-person public comment will be first, and then virtual public comment for anyone uh, waiting in person you're welcome to approach the podium each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length Unless the board president deems new public time limits during the meeting and all public comments will be made concerning the agenda item That has been presented a caller may ask questions of the policy body But there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller for those callers on the line when I welcome you on the call You're encouraged to state your name clearly although you may remain anonymous I'll give an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining and when your three minutes have ended I'll thank you for your call you'll be placed back on mute and the moderator on unmute the next caller Remote viewing is available on sfgov, TV, and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2504-751-1459. Again, 2504-751-1459, then press pound. You'll You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, which is 1145, again, webinar password 1145, then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says you've been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted we'll begin with any in-person public comment no one has approached the podium and we'll move into our virtual public comment and our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue
3: Board secretary we have three callers on the phone line one caller has specifically entered the public comment queue at this time other callers may enter the queue as public comment continues i will indicate when there are no more callers in the queue and you will hear a brief silence as we transition between callers Thank you, moderator. Elevating that first caller now.
2: And our caller has been elevated and unmuted. Caller whenever you're ready.
14: Hi, good afternoon. Um, again, my name is Naj Daniels. I am a field representative, a business representative with the fiU Local 1021, and my general public comment is to raise if this board is unaware of the fact that health service systems has been operating with a 50% staffing shortage. Uh, there is a personal service contract on its way to a meet and confer to contract out a call center for the health service systems. I do not believe that that is the best practice. And I'm asking that this board agendize an item to have a further investigation or a bigger discussion around how this item will affect the budget, how it will affect the workforce that is at HSS, and if there is an actual comprehensive hiring plan to to fill the 50% shorting staffage of full-time Uh, Requisitions versus contracting out the work. This has been something that has not been given the uh, proper attention that it deserves. And I believe that this board as well as other commissions needs to be aware of it and there needs to be a discussion. That is my comment and I concede the rest of my time.
0: Thank you, caller, for your comment.
2: Thank you, caller. We'll look for our moderator to see if there's any other callers in the public comment queue at this time.
3: Board Secretary, there are no other callers in the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to caller that have spoken, please select star three now to lower your hand in the queue so that we don't repetitively unmute you. Thank you so much.
2: Thank you, moderator, and thank you to all callers as we've been patient to making sure that public comment is accessible for all. With that, public comment is closed.
0: Thank you. We'll now move to item number 12.
2: agenda item number 12 is reports and updates from contracted plan he- health plan representatives this is a discussion item and we do have one um uh plan representative
0: there may be another but please him. go right ahead <laughs> who's at the podium at this time please introduce yourself
15: yes uh good afternoon commissioners monica and with united healthcare retiree solutions And I just wanted to share uh, today with the board that we are introducing a new well-being program uh, called Let's Move, and it'll be introduced next month to all group Medicare Advantage members. Uh, The program is designed to help Medicare retirees explore uh, ways to eat well, be active, improve mental health, and stay connected, and there'll be no additional cost to the retirees or to SFHSS. The prog- uh, programming will be available in uh, six different dimensions. Um, the first will be focused on nutrition. Uh, the second on physical activities. The third uh, related to mental health. We'll be highlighting self-care options, such as uh, one of our applications called Able to. Uh, the fourth area is social well-being. You know, uh, promoting uh, connecting with your community. The fifth uh, is caregiver. Uh, well-being and that's that's important a lot of our retirees do have caregivers so we want to offer support to caregivers and finally the last is financial wellness and we'll be focusing on topics on how to live healthfully on a budget we will be offering wellness challenges to promote engagement and we look forward to collaborating with sfhss on this new initiative
0: thank you for that update and the title of the program is Again, let's move.
15: Let's move.
0: All right, thank you. (laughs) Are there questions or comments from members of the board? Commissioner Savansky.
1: I just have one question. You said um, you're looking at the fact that some of our retirees would have caregivers. Are you considering the fact that a number of our retirees are caregivers, and is that part of your program?
15: Uh, Very, very good question, uh, Commissioner Zavansky. Uh, Our caregiver support would be available to any caregiver, whether they're a member or they're a caregiver of our member, absolutely, thank you. Thank you for your question.
0: Are there other questions from the board? If not, thank you very much for that uh, highlighted information. Thank you. And we have another plan representative approaching.
16: Hi, good afternoon, Commissioners. Debbie McConathy with Kaiser Permanente. Um, I have a couple updates I wanted to share with you. Um, First, given the recent and ongoing gun violence in the US, um, Kaiser Permanente has committed to undertaking meaningful efforts to reduce gun violence in America as part of our role um, as a a mission-driven healthcare organization. Um, We have expanded our work to address the causes of health, uh, consequences of gun violence with a $25 million uh, million commitment um, to our recently established Center for Gun Violence Research and Education. The goal of the center is to reduce the incidence and impact of gun violence, including intimate partner violence and suicide in the US. This investment will extend over five years and will advance gun violence research and education. Um, As part of this investment, Kaiser has also formed a new partnership with Health Alliance for, Gun, or for Violence Intervention to help coordinate the work of the Center for Gun Violence Research and Education. Uh, for my second update, I just wanted to let you know that we've recently opened an urgent care clinic in San Francisco. The, this clinic is located on the first floor lobby of the Geary Boulevard Medical Office Building. That's 2238 Geary Boulevard. And the hours of operation are Monday through Friday, 10.30 a.m. to 7 p.m weekends, and holidays from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And members can either make an appointment or walk-in appointments may be available.
0: All right. Thank you very much for that information. Are there questions from the members of the board? If not, thank you again. Thank you. And with that, we will go to public comment.
15: I'm sorry.
0: I'm sorry. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. (laughs) Pardon me.
15: I'm gonna join the party too. Uh, Ann Thompson, Aon, account executive to the SFHSS uh, team and Health Service Board. Uh, Just wanted to take a second to let you know that we have added two new members to our Aon team that is servicing uh, the Health Service Board and SFHSS. Um, We have Gabby Fierabach, who is an account manager out of our Sacramento office, and Grace Wu, who is a consulting actuary out of San Francisco. Uh, Gabby is here with us today, I've asked her to stand. Uh, Grace, uh, unfortunately, uh, was not able to join us today but you will see her in the future and we're excited to let you know about our new additions. Thank you.
0: Welcome to you uh, both uh, and we look forward to your expertise and support as we move forward through our rates and benefit policy decisions and all of the other stuff that we call upon you for as a very good actuarial partner. So thank you and welcome. Are there other plan or partner representatives in the audience that have any updates or what have you? Seeing none, we will now have, oh, Commissioner Savaski.
1: Excuse me, I have a question for our Kaiser rep. You said, um, and I've heard about the urgent care from some friends who are San Francisco Kaiser members, but I'm wondering if there's an urgent care um, option uh, on the peninsula, Daly City, South City, um, if there's urgent care options there
16: um, I'm not I don't know offhand but okay. that's a great question and I'm happy to follow up with director Yant.
1: Yeah. I really appreciate it because what I find it in this has been my experience some time ago but um, I hate to see the ER filling up with people who aren't urgently that ill and so um, having an urgent care option is really very helpful yeah, so absolutely. thank you for that
16: yeah I will follow up appreciate it mm-hmm.
0: thank you All right. Hearing and seeing no other plan representatives or other comment, we'll now go to public comment on this item.
2: Thank you, President Scott. (coughs) In-person public comment will be first, then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board President deems new public comment public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments that are be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended. I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial in number is 415 655 0001. Again, 415 655 0001. When prompted, use access code 2504 751 1459. Again, 2504 751 1459. Then press pound. You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, which is 1145. Again, webinar password 1145, then press pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star 3 to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment, and no one has approached the podium. We'll move to our virtual public comment, and our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time.
3: Board Secretary, we have three callers on the phone line. One caller remains in the public comment queue from the previous round. A reminder to all callers on the line you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. A reminder that you must hit dial star three again to lower your hand in the queue. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment at this time. Board Secretary, we can elevate caller user number four to see if there's additional public comment. Otherwise, public comment is closed.
2: Okay, we'll wait one more moment to see if caller would like to speak. Welcome caller. With that, I believe that the caller was um, still hand raised from the last uh, agenda item. So with that, public comment is now closed.
0: Thank you. And uh, we'll move on uh, to item 14.
2: Thank you, President Scott.
0: I'm sorry, item 13.
2: Thank you, President Scott. Agenda item number 13 is a presentation on the 2023 rates and benefits calendar for the plan year 2024. This is a discussion item and will be presented by Executive Director Abby Yant.
5: Good afternoon, Commissioners. Abby Yant. Executive director San Francisco health service system Uh, the rates and benefits calendar that we have in your packet uh, Is still current um, And I would suggest to the president that you consider canceling the hold on the February 23rd Health service board meeting um, at the conclusion of this meeting
0: Thank you, and we will uh, act accordingly by not having a meeting, isn't that great? Yeah. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. delightful
5: meeting, the best question. Yeah.
1: Delightful. <laughs>
2: okay.
0: <laughs> Is there public comment on this item?
2: Thank you, President Scott. I'll be reading those instructions aloud. Thank you. In-person public comment will be first, then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using Webex. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number in the screen. The dialing number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2504-751-1459. Again, 2504-751-1459. Then press pound. You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, which is 1145, again webinar password 1145, then press found again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one's approached the podium, so we'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time.
3: Board Secretary, we have three callers on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers in the line you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time.
2: Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed.
0: Thank you. Since that was a discussion item, we'll move on to item 14.
2: Thank you, President Scott. Agenda item number 14, review and approve the Hartford fully insured 2024 rates and contributions, which is life insurance, accidental death and dismemberment, and long-term disability plans. This is an action item and will be presented by Mike Clark with A.M.
11: Good afternoon, Mike Clark with Ann. I will briskly walk through this um, presentation. Uh, this is our first rates and benefit approval request for the 2024 rates and contributions for the plans by the Hartford. Uh, there's a lot of good information in this material. Um, you know, hoping you've had an opportunity to read through it, I'll just go through the highlights. First, this is the second year of a three year rating commitment uh, that the Hartford has delivered uh, last year at this time. Uh, So keep in mind the rates I will be asking for approval do not change from 2023 to 2024. Uh, What I will remind you, though, is this comes off of a uh, negotiation from last year's cycle uh, for the current three-year rating agreement where there were substantial savings delivered. Page six shows that last year. Uh, If you recall, substantial savings across each of these insurance lines from 2022 to 2023, and then the rates that are presented in this material continue um, for 2024. So you'll see for the employer paid coverages for life insurance on page seven, uh, disability, long-term disability on page eight, uh, the rates and the enrollment in each of the plans. Uh, starting on page nine and uh, showing the supplemental rates for member paid coverages and then overall on slide 10, just to give you a sense of the aggregate premium expected to be paid in 2024 uh, based on existing volumes for January, 2023 uh, projected out for the entire year where again, the rates are the same for 2023 as for 2024. So with that, I'll take you to slide 11 and asked uh, ask for your recommendation uh, and your approval. It is recommended the Health Service Board accept the renewal of all fully insured life insurance, AD&D insurance and LTD insurance premium rates that are included in this presentation for the 2024 plan year with all 2024 rates reflecting the second year of a three year rating commitment made by the Hartford at this time last year for the 2023 through 2025 plan years and the Hartford plan rates for 2025 will be requested for approval by the Health Service Board at next year's rates and benefit cycle. President Scott.
0: Thank you
13: very much. Uh, is there a, a motion? Mr. President, I move that we approve the Hartford fully insured 2024 rates and contributions uh, as presented. Second. And include in that, that we will
0: be seeking uh, 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 rates for 2025 as well. Uh, as requested in the actuary's recommendation. So with that, uh, is there any board comment or questions? Hearing none, we will now move to public comment.
2: Thank you, President Scott. In-person public comment will be first, then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining. When your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be pleased back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2504-751-1459. Again, 2504-751-1459, then press pound. You'll enter the meeting and be prompted to enter the webinar password, which is 1145. Again, webinar password 1145, then press pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star 3 to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says you've been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment and no one has approached the podium, so we'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any
3: callers in the public comment queue. Board Secretary, we have three callers on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line. You must now start three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no
2: further callers, public comment is now closed.
0: Thank you. And thank you again, uh, Mike, for your work on this. We'll now uh, take a roll call vote.
2: Roll call vote starting with... President Scott? Aye. Vice President Howe? Aye. Commissioner Breslin? Aye. Commissioner Canning? Aye. Commissioner Fallensby? We'll give uh, Commissioner Fallensby just a moment. It doesn't seem that Commissioner Fallensby is in the meeting right now. I'll have to check in with him to see um, if he has access. All right. So the final vote would be Commissioner Zamansky. All right. Aye.
0: It's been uh, fully accepted by the commissioners present at this time, and, and we will find out and determine uh, mm-hmm. Commissioner Fallensby's vote on this item. It is passed. Thank you. Thank you. Now, just to give us a sense of orientation about this agenda, uh, we are going to do the uh, Finance Committee budget items that are uh, listed. Then we're going to take a brief break after we vote to go into closed session. And we'll take our break with that transition because there's a whole setup with the technology and all the rest of that. And we'll come back in the closed session item that we're going to be... The closed session item that we will be considering is the member appeal. As I said at the beginning of the uh, uh, meeting, we didn't want the members to have to come back because we had... uh, gone in accordance with the printed agenda. So we made an adjustment so that the member appeal will be the first closed session. Then after that's concluded, we will go into another closed set, come out of that, and then go into another closed session to hear and review the executive director's performance evaluation. So I just want to give everyone a sense of orientation as to where we are on the agenda. And the next two items will start with item 15, uh, at this time.
2: Agenda item number fifteen is the approval of the San Francisco Health Service System fiscal year twenty twenty three to twenty twenty four and fiscal year twenty twenty four to twenty twenty five proposed general fund administrative budget. This is an action item and will be presented by Iftakar Hussein, SFHSS Chief Financial Officer.
10: Hello again. So uh, the Finance Committee has reviewed uh, the budget, so I'll just go through a few slides, uh, beginning with the highlight slide, which is slide three. And, okay. So in the general fund, um, what the mayor had proposed uh, reductions uh, to um, uh, tied to the deficit that the city is facing. Uh, So what we are proposing is a budget that, so. Uh, That is a million three higher in uh, 24 and a million six higher uh, in 25 from the targets that we have been given by the mayor. And uh, what makes up uh, the difference is we are asking uh, for a quality improvement position uh, because we've implemented several systems um, over the last uh, 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 couple of years. Uh, They've never really been optimized uh, and the procedures really haven't been documented. Uh, so we think that this is really—it's uh, really critical that we have a position where we can kind of optimize all these systems. Um, the attrition increase that the mayor is asking for, uh, we feel that that would—you uh, know—you've you, kind of heard concerns about uh, uh, wait times and our uh, ability to respond to members' questions and 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 uh, concerns. So uh, we think that the increasing the attrition would hurt us. Um, and uh, lastly, we're asking for um, a human resource increasing in the human resource support, so we can fill vacancies more quickly as they as they open up. Uh, so those are the major changes. If we can advance two slides, one more. Um, this um, oh, okay. Um, so this the green columns show what we are proposing uh, to the board. Uh, the um, two columns before that um, is, uh, w- uh, is a budget that starts with the mayor's target. Um, so that's the general fund, and I should uh, just move on to the health sustainability fund.
0: They're, mm-hmm. they're separate on the
10: agenda. So with that, I'm happy to answer uh, any questions from the board about the budget.
0: Are there questions from members of the board? Uh, we just had a Finance Committee meeting this week. Uh, we invited all the board members to come uh, and participate if they had questions and some of us did that. So we're raising questions for the board members at this point on any of the uh, budget items or the total <coughs> proposal at this point. Hearing none. We'll I have
4: a question. So um, th- thank you for the presentation and I think that as I... Um, for the benefit of the entire board at the um, finance committee, I asked uh, what the plan was if the, um, if the proposed budget from HSS did not uh, go through. And so is there a plan B, so to speak?
10: Yes, the plan B, we would, um, um, uh, uh, we, we would an amendment like to fill the vacancies, which, which we're allowed to minus the attrition. And, but we would not be able to add the quality improvement position, increase the HR support. Um, um, uh, it's, uh, it's possible to manage with that budget, but at the same time, it's not optimal. And we think that we, we would, um, it would have an impact on services.
4: So there would be no other funding strategies to fund these. Um, uh,
10: not really. We can do substitutions within, but yeah, in total, the funding would would be what, what the mayor is looking for as a target.
4: Thank you.
0: All right. Are there other questions? If not, I'm ready to entertain a motion on this item.
6: Um, President Scott, I move the San Francisco Health Service System proposed general fund administrative budget.
0: Second. Is there a second? It's been properly moved and seconded that we approve the recommendation uh, of the uh, general general fund administrative budget for the years 24-25. Other questions from the board? Hearing none, we'll now take public comment on this item.
2: Thank you, President Scott. I'll be reading those instructions aloud. In-person public comment will be first, and then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment New public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will mute, the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov, TV, and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2504-751-1459. Again, 2504-751-1459. Then press pound. You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, 1145. Again, webinar password, which is 1145, then press pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium, so we'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue at this time.
3: Board Secretary, we have three callers on the phone line, zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. I'm reminded of all callers on the line. You must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this
2: time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed.
0: Thank you. We're now ready to vote on this item
2: roll call vote starting with President Scott. Aye. Vice President Howe. Aye. Commissioner Breslin. Aye. Commissioner Canning. Aye. And Commissioner Fallensby has re-entered the meeting let's make sure that he can hear us.
8: Um, uh, aye.
2: Thank you. And Commissioner Zavansky. Aye.
0: Thank you. It passes unanimously. We'll now move to item number 16.
2: Thank you, President Scott. Agenda Item Number 16, Approval of San Francisco Health Service System Fiscal Year 2023 to 2024 and Fiscal Year 2024 to 2025 Proposed Healthcare Sustainability Fund Budget. This is an action item and will be presented by Iftikhar Hussein, SFHSS, Chief Financial Officer.
10: So, um, so I'll, I'll go through the, uh, again, the, just the highlights page. Um, and uh, the key changes that we're seeking for um, next year is um, um, uh, a website improvement for member communication. Uh, Our website uh, is a little dated, and then we also need general improvements. Uh, The advantage um, here of uh, communication, it actually reduces uh, calls. Um, The more information people can get online, uh, it's available 24-7 to our members. The um, second item, or the second project, is uh, um, secure electronic communication for documents. Um, so when we do diva audits, and our members are giving us information, we can exchange them electronically uh, through uh, our website. And the third item is a Salesforce automation, which is a tool whereby um, members could um, um, uh, use uh, chat robots. Um, to um, get answers to um, simple questions. Um, there's no FTE change, so those are uh, the, um, the main um, uh, highlights uh, of the Health Sustainability Fund budget.
0: All right, are there questions or comments? This item two was considered in the Finance Committee earlier this week. Uh, board members were invited to attend the meeting. I'm ready to entertain a motion on <coughs> this item.
6: I move that we approve the proposed San Francisco Health Service System health care sustainability fund budget.
0: Is there a second? Second. It's been properly moved and seconded that we approve the uh, San Francisco Health Services System health care sustainability budget for the years of 2024 and 2025. Any further board comment? Hearing none, we'll now go to public comment on this item.
2: Thank you, President Scott. I'll be reading those instructions aloud. In-person public comment will be first and virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an honorable warning when there are 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be pleased back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dialing number is 415-655-0001, again 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2504-751-1459, again two five zero four seven five one one four five nine. then press pound. You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, which is 1145. Again, webinar password 1145, then press pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium. We'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue.
3: Board secretary, we have 3 callers on the phone line 0 callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time, a reminder to all callers on the line, you must star 3. Now, if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item, we'll wait 5 more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time.
2: Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed.
0: All right, having no further public comment on this item, we're now ready to take a roll call vote.
2: Roll call vote, starting with Vice uh, President Scott? Aye. Vice President Howe? Aye. Commissioner Breslin? Aye. Commissioner Canning? Aye. Commissioner Fallensby? Aye. And Commissioner Zvansky?
1: Aye.
0: All right, thank you. We have now completed finance committee matters, and I overlooked something. We'll do the governance committee items and then we will vote to go into closed session on the member appeal. So, uh, item 17, please.
2: Thank you, President Scott. Agenda Item Number 17, Review and Approve the 2022 Board Education Report and Education Plan for 2023 Draft. This is an action item, and I presented this at the Governance Committee meeting earlier this week, but I will hand it over to uh, Chair Follinsby.
8: Um Thank you very much. Can you all hear me okay? Yes, we can. Great. Um, so, thank you. Uh, the Governance Committee met on um, February, Monday, February 6th. Um, and um, had um, all 3 members present. So, the 1st item is to um, uh, approve the 2022 board education report and education plan for 2023. And So, um, Holly, if I can have the next slide and then this. So this is just basically a summary you had your full deck of uh, information um, in the packet that was um, sent out to us earlier um, from Holly. Uh, this was the experiences offered in 2022. Um, we, I note that um, essentially I was the only one to report self-education hours in 2022, although I fully um, suspect that um, all of you, all of the board members had additional hours not declared. Um, and then there were several uh, citywide and HSS um, required trainings that were completed by all board members if we can have the next slide so the education plan for 2023 um, is a um, uh, Based on a survey that went out to all um, board members, um, is as listed with the first, second, and third uh, ranked um, topics. Um, and um, commissioners suggested adding modern healthcare to board education resource. Um, and the resources uh, that are available to board members are as um, listed below. Um, And um, uh, the uh, just to remind all board members that we receive um, formal fiduciary training every 3 years, the next train will be in 2024. So we have the next slide. The Education plan for 2023 is 2025 Um, is outlined um, actually in the strategic plan also being proposed for 2023 to 2025 um, and these are the educational goals. Um, to be um, uh, addressed um, in the uh, upcoming three years as part of the strategic plan. So, we can have the next um, slide. So, a recommendation uh, from the Governance Committee is that we re- uh, approve the uh, 2022 Board Education Report and the Education Plan for 2023
13: to 2025. All right. So, I'll entertain a motion. Mr. Chair, I move, uh, this is uh, Commissioner Canning, I move that we approve the uh, Health Service Board uh, 2022 education report and the education plan for 2023 through
7: 2025. There is was there a, a second?
13: There was a second, yes. Commissioner second oh, seconded.
8: Thank you very much, and so I open it up for any questions or uh, further discussion. I would like to add that um, um, th- that uh, with the uh, g- assistance and suggestion of our uh, secretary Holly Lopez, um, we will modify the um, questionnaire for next for 2023 to include a question about uh for each commissioner to report as part of the survey um their hours as part of that report so it might be easier for our members to um health service board members to um uh, commissioners to um to um at least uh total the number of hours so we can get that formally into the report in the future
0: so any other questions or um discussion items just a brief comment uh, commissioner Follinsby, even though you've graciously uh, allowed for the underreporting in this report even though there were hours reported in the prior report none of us have come to your standard uh, so you're to be commended for your devotion to education uh, and self-study as you uh serve on this board so thank you <laughs>
8: Thank you. But again, I just want to say that based on my assessment of the of the contribution from all board members, I think there is a lot of, of self-education that goes on throughout the year. Um, and I am not sure that uh, I'm worthy of that praise uh, <laughs> in comparison to other board members. But thank you very much anyway. Oh, you are. Any other comments or questions?
0: I see none and hear none. Okay. So carrying that, I think we can go ahead and open this up for public comment.
2: Thank you, Chair Farnsby. I will read our instructions aloud. In-person public comment will be first, and then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended, I'll say thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next call. Remote viewing is available on SFGovTV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2504-751-1459. Again, 2504-751-1459. Then press pound. You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, which is 1145. Again, webinar password 1145. Then press pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star 3 to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says, your line has been unmuted. This is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium. We'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue.
3: Board Secretary, we have three callers on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line, You must now star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time.
2: Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed.
0: Thank you. We'll now take a roll call vote. I'm sorry.
8: (laughs) It's fine. No, go ahead. You can do a roll call vote. That'd be great. (laughs)
2: So roll call vote starting with President Scott? Aye. Vice President Howe? Aye. Commissioner Breslin? Aye. Commissioner Canning? Aye. Commissioner Fallinsby? Aye. And Commissioner zvansky Aye.
8: Okay, the um the approval uh, of the board education report and education plan for twenty twenty three passes unanimously. Uh, thank you very much. If we can go on to the next agenda item, which still falls under the purvey of the governance committee.
2: Thank you. Agenda item number 18, review and approve the 2022 annual board self-evaluation report draft. This is an action item, and I was also presenting this at the Governance Committee earlier this week. Um, Commissioner, Chair Follinsby will present this action item, though.
8: Again, thank you very much, Holly. And again, the um, um, governance committee met on the 6th of February and addressed this um, item um, and prepared this um, re- uh, draft uh, recommendation uh, as part of that meeting. If we can have the first slide. So this is uh, just a review of the uh, uh, process and self-evaluation error um, areas. Um, I would like to commend that we had 100% completion rate. And I also would like to comment that the comments that each board member uh, submitted were quite detailed and very helpful in the in their uh, deliberations of the governance uh, committee and are uh, included in the um, larger slide deck as well but again I want to commend everyone for their thoughtful uh, and um, complete uh, comments in this regard if we can go on to the next slide. So I'm just going to um, um, summarize the highlights, which is show that you compared to uh, 2021 um, and 2020, as a matter of fact, um, there was a significant improvement in the total score in all four areas for evaluation. And I think that this um, um, is commendable um, and shows that the board um, has responded to concerns from previous um, self-evaluations and it seems to be on the right track so if we move on to the next um, slide so the conclusions or areas to focus on for uh, 2023 actually um, is to this is a little we should call this for 2023 is to broaden the educational platforms to include conference and invite uh, more speakers which I think we're already beginning to address based on some of the discussion earlier in this meeting Um, um, there was a comment made um, by uh, one of the um, commissioners that we should remind all of us to stay on topic during the discussions to help keep the um, uh, discussion focused. Um, And then there were significant um, comments made on a few of the questions. Uh, Number 24, the board communicates effectively to plan members. And I think that we need the the governance committee in 2023 will review the wording of this question to make sure it's clear um, to all of the um, commissioners, uh, what the intent was of this, um, because I think the general consensus from the committee was, in fact, that there are um, a number of ways in which the the board as a whole um, communicates to plan members through the newsletter, the annual report, um, and then a, a detailed summary of um, all the uh, member inquiries. Um, to um, board members as well, uh, likewise, uh, 27, there was some confusion over the wording of this question, but how the board communicates effectively to the city. And again, there was a general consensus among the committee members that this there was multiple avenues of of communication. And so we would like to clarify the intent of this question to make it a little clear to all the board members. Um, number 34. Uh, which is the board ensures management and has an essay financial and human resources to achieve the organization's goals. And again, I think we want to commend the executive director on um, both uh, and our finance uh, chief for um, uh, reviewing this monthly, including uh, vacancies in the staffing of HSS and all that. So we want to make sure that the wording of this question um, is clear to all board members. Um, and number 38, um, the question about when feasible, the board engages in effective management succession planning. Again, this question needs to be reworded. The only really uh, succession management succession plan is that in the role of the executive director, and not of other um, senior staff or other staff in HSS. Um, so we will we'll clarify that. The uh, wording of this question on the future questionnaire. So, these are the tasks outlined for the governance committee in 2023. So, with that, if we can have the last slide, I think. Maybe that is the last slide.
2: You're correct. um, Commissioner, it's the last slide.
8: So with that, I would entertain a motion to uh, approve the 2022 annual board self evaluation and report draft.
13: Uh, Mr. Chair, this is uh, Commissioner Canning. I move that we approve the 2022 annual board uh, report draft as presented. Second.
8: So moved and seconded. So we'll now open this up for further discussion and questions from all the board members. Are there any questions? That Again, this is a brief overview. Well, of the de- of the material that was, prevent- I think, provided in greater detail um, to all of the Health Service Board. Yeah. So, yeah. hearing no further questions or discussion, at this point, I think we can open this up for public uh, comment.
2: Thank you, Chair Pollinsby. I'll be reading those instructions aloud. In-person public comment will be first, then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that is presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining and when your three minutes have ended. I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on TV and online using Webex. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2504-751-1459. Again, 2504-751-1459. Then press pound. You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, 1145, again, webinar password, which is 1145, then press pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has been unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment, and no one has approached the podium. We'll move to our virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue now.
3: Board Secretary, we have two callers on the phone line, zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line, you must style star 3 now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time. Thank you, moderator. Hearing no
2: further callers, public comment is now closed
8: we could have a roll call vote then on this uh, agenda item.
2: Thank you, Chair Falllinsby. Roll call vote starting with President Scott. aye. Vice President Howe. aye. Commissioner Breslin. aye. Commissioner canning. Aye. Commissioner Fallensby. Aye. And Commissioner Zamansky.
1: aye.
8: Thank you very much. It passes unanimously. So this closes agenda item number 18 and I would just like to particularly uh, commend uh, our sec- our board secretary Holly Lopez for really pr- uh, preparing really detailed um, de- information on both of these agenda items. Um, um, and having it available for us for our uh, meeting on the uh, 6th and for today's meeting as well. Again, it's a Herculean task to really bring all of this together. Um, and I really uh, want to uh, congratulate her on her diligence in this process.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you, uh, commissioner Follinsby. I'm now ready to entertain a vote, <clears throat> uh, a motion on, uh, whether we're to hold a closed session for a member appeal. Item 23.
1: Commissioner Scott, I move that we uh, go into closed session uh, for the purposes stated. Um, I believe it's for a, a, a member appeal. Member <coughs> appeal
0: All right. Is there a second? Second. It's been properly moved and seconded that we uh, vote to go hold a closed session for a member appeal. Is there any further board comment? Hearing and saying none, we'll go to public comment on this item.
2: Thank you, President Scott. This is our agenda item number 23, public comment. I'll be reading those instructions (coughs) aloud. In-person public comment will be first and virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments that are made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning when you have 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute and the moderator on mute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using Webex. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dialing number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2504-751-1459. Again, 2504-751-1459. Then press pound. You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, which is 1145. Again, webinar password, which is 1145. Then press pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue when the system message says your line has been muted this is your time to speak for those callers already online please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. we'll begin with an any in-person public comment and no one has approached the podium so we'll move to virtual public comment our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue
3: Board Secretary, we have two callers on the phone line. Zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line, you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We will wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time.
2: Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed.
0: Thank you. Uh, we are now ready to vote by Ro- roll call.
2: Roll call vote, starting with President Scott. Aye. Vice President Howe. Aye. Commissioner Breslin. Aye. Commissioner Canning. Aye. Commissioner Fallensby.
8: Aye.
2: And Commissioner Zavansky. Aye.
0: The roll has been called, and we have voted unanimously to go into closed session, and we will now transition to closed session. Thank you.
6: TV, San Francisco Government
7: Television.
6: Thank you. SF Gov TV, San Francisco Government Television. TV, San Francisco Government Television.
0: We're now out of closed session, and I'm willing to entertain a motion on whether we are going to disclose any or all of the discussion held in closed session.
1: President Scott, make the motion that we will not disclose... um, Whatever discussion and whatever decision we made in closed session. Is there second. a
0: second? It's been properly moved and seconded that we are voting not to disclose uh, what was discussed in closed session. Is there any um, further discussion by the commission?
2: Then I can take public comment.
0: Public comment.
2: In-person public comment will be first, then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. A caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning. When you have 30 seconds remaining, when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on SFGov TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001. Again, 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2504-751. 1459, again, 2504-751-1459, then press pound. You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, which is 1145, again, webinar password, 1145, then press pound and pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. When the system message says your line has unmuted, this is your time to speak. For those of you already on hold, please continue to wait until the system indicates you have been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment. And no one has approached the podium, so we'll move to our virtual public comment our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue.
3: Board secretary we have one caller on the phone line zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line you must dial star three now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We will wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board secretary there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time.
2: Thank you, moderator. Hearing no further callers, public comment is now closed.
3: Well,
0: now I have a roll call vote on this motion.
2: Uh, Roll call vote starting with President Scott. Aye. Vice President Howe. Aye. Vice President, uh, Commissioner Breslin. Aye. Commissioner Canning. Aye. Commissioner Fallensby. Aye. Commissioner Zavansky. Aye.
0: The motion passes unanimously.
2: So I believe we have one more. Yes, um, uh, I'm agenda now ready item. to
0: entertain a motion on reporting
13: on any action taken during closed session. Uh, Mr. President, I move that we uh, do not report on any action taken during closed session. Is there second? A second? It's properly moved and seconded that
0: we do not disclose uh, our actions taken in closed session. Uh, we'll now have public comment on this particular item.
2: Public comment will. Uh, in-person public comment will be first, then virtual public comment. For anyone waiting in person, you're welcome to approach the podium now. Each speaker will be allowed three minutes to comment in length unless the board president deems new public comment time limits during the meeting. All public comments are to be made concerning the agenda item that has been presented. The caller may ask questions of the policy body, but there's no obligation to answer, or engage in dialogue with the caller. For those callers on the line, when I welcome you on the call, you're encouraged to state your name clearly, although you may remain anonymous. I'll give you an audible warning. when You have 30 seconds remaining, and when your three minutes have ended, I'll thank you for your call. You'll be placed back on mute, and the moderator will unmute the next caller. Remote viewing is available on TV and online using WebEx. Opportunities to speak during the public comment period are available by dialing the number on the screen. The dial-in number is 415-655-0001, again 415-655-0001. When prompted, use access code 2504-751-1459, again 2504-751-1459, then press pound. You'll be prompted to enter the webinar password, which is 1145, again webinar password 1145, then press pound again. You'll enter the meeting as an attendee on the public comment call line and dial star three to be added to the public comment queue. The system will indicate when you have been unmuted and for those callers on the line, please wait until the system indicates you've been unmuted. We'll begin with any in-person public comment and no one has approached the podium, so we'll move to virtual public comment. Our moderator will notify us of any callers in the public comment queue.
3: Board Secretary, we have one caller on the phone line, zero callers have specifically entered the public comment queue at this time. A reminder to all callers on the line, you must dial star 3 now if you want to join public comment for this specific agenda item. We'll wait five more seconds and then close public comment for this agenda item. Board Secretary, there are still no callers in the public comment queue at this time.
2: Thank you, moderator.
3: Hearing no further callers,
2: public comment is now closed.
0: Public comment is now closed, we're now ready to vote on this item.
2: Roll call vote starting with President Scott. Aye. Vice President Howe. Aye. Commissioner Breslin. Aye. Commissioner Canning. Aye. Commissioner Fallensby. Aye. Aye. Commissioner Zvansky. Aye.
0: It passes unanimously. We had another uh, agenda item uh, for a closed session. That closed session will be deferred until our next meeting and with that this meeting is adjourned.